Hey guys, it's Lauren Yates here, celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the host of this podcast, Rave It Up, celebrity news, reviews, and interviews. If this is the first time you're listening, go check out our show's trailer on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to learn more about us. And make sure to follow us on social media to tell us what else you would like to hear from this podcast. We are under Rave It Up TV on Instagram, Rave It Up Show on Facebook, and our website is raveituptv.com. Now today, we have a chat over Zoom with folk and Americana artist Derek Vanderhorst. He's just released a debut album called Wildflower, so we have a talk to him all about that, as well as his previous Hollywood career as a sound designer and re-recording mixer for film and TV. We also talked to him about how he got through stage four neck and head cancer. There's so much to talk about today, so let's get into it now. Before we get into today's interview, we would like to give a shout out to our Patreons, Irene, Bev and Michael. If you haven't heard of Patreon before, it is a great way to support us and keep us running and improving. You pick a membership tier that suits you and your budget per month. And in return for supporting us, we'll give you behind the scenes content and free stuff. You don't have to give much either. You can be a part of our Patreons for as little as $4 a month. Just visit patreon.com forward slash rave it up. You can even donate through PayPal if you don't trust other sites. You can do so just through our email, raveituptv at gmail.com. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to contact us. We appreciate anything you can do to support us. Now, let's get into this interview. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Raise it up. Hey guys, it's Roger May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. It's Keegan Allen from Pretty Little Irish. Hi, this is Arthur Butcher. It's Cosentino. It's Rob Mills. It's Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. Raving It Up. Raving It Up. Raving oh, Fun. Hashtag Lauren Rave It Up. Sorry. Thank you, I like that effect. We're raving it up. Derek, welcome to Rave It Up. It is a pleasure to have you on our show today. How are you going today? We're really good. Thanks for having me on. It's you amazing. are so welcome. I cannot wait to talk about your whole life journey, your career. But since this is your first time on the show, I think it only makes sense to start from the beginning, right? To get a good idea of how you've made it to where you are today. So I first heard that you were first introduced to music at the age of five with piano lessons. Were your parents into music too, or was it just My something that they needed to chuck you in like an extracurricular activity? <laughs> well, grandfather was a street performer in Lebanon and Syria. Wow. Yeah. And then met my grandmother at a very young age. And then here I am. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> uh, my, my mom didn't play. My parents didn't play. Yeah. Um, but the grandparents music. did. Got a lot of music around us. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. That's a good place to start, isn't it? When you grow up with that, it's like all you ever know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you embrace guitar and mandolin and the banjo in your teens. Did you ever think of it as a career, though, when you were younger? Were there any other careers that you wanted to pursue that we might actually be a bit surprised at? <laughs> oh, I um, went to a super religious um, evangelical school with like a hundred kids from kindergarten through 12th grade. So all I knew, and I had to wear a like blue pants and white, red or blue button down shirt with uh, collars and an American flag tie, which sounds super cool till you're taking a bus ride with all the normal kids in town. <laughs> so 
all I wanted to do was not do wear a tie for a living. I was like, whatever that is, is what I'm going to do. Did so, you always uh, think it was in the creative field? Yeah. I was like, I have to be in the creative field because mm. I could not, um, I couldn't, I couldn't put on a straight tie <laughs> or wear polyester pants. Yeah. I knew so it that. wasn't about being, yeah, not being in an office nine to five. It was about not wearing a tie. <laughs> it really was for me at a young age, I decided that and got in trouble for that when they asked when I was young, what do you want to be? And I was like, anything where I don't have to dress like this. <laughs> so um, yeah, I got in a lot of trouble, but I wanted, I was thinking my family, doctors and lawyers. So I got pushed that direction um, and thought, yeah, maybe medical school. And then I started playing guitar and then all bets were off. Mm. Did you actually go down that path too? Did you study any medical or minute. being a lawyer or anything? No. Oh, no. Oh, I'm sure they were a bit disappointed. <laughs> nope, nothing, nothing exciting. I took a political science class in college and that I think the teacher was like some crazy communist or something, but he like just flipped every idea on its head. And mm. I was like, oh, I just got to quit school and go do music. Mm. So I quit for a bit, um, moved to San Francisco, started a band. And then uh, my grandmother was dying. She's like, oh, you got to finish school before I die. And you know, so went back and finished over, you know, because you can't. I mean, it's grandma. You got to, right? Mm. So you finished the political science degree? No, or? no, I, I, I got a music degree. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. I was like, it doesn't music. sound like you. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Um, got a music degree, uh, recording engineering, recording arts. And then... Uh, Went back to LA and ended up in film. Have you always wanted to learn how to dance? Always say you're going to do it, maybe even make it a New Year's resolution, but never do? Well, this is your time! Hills Latin Dancing teaches salsa, bachata, and merengue classes for all ages and fitness levels. No partner or previous dance experience is required. If you don't live in Sydney, that is okay too. We teach private lessons over Zoom for only $50. We also offer wedding dances and also a seated dance class for the elderly and those with mobility challenges. Come join us for some fun. Visit our website, hillslatindancing.com.au for more information and to book your class now. In this day and age, we're surrounded by technology and electricity all the time. Like our phones and laptops, phone and radio towers, Wi-Fi, electric power lines, and the appliances in our home. Do you know that these could be damaging your health because of the electromagnetic radiation coming off them? When I found Orgone Effects though and bought their products, I immediately noticed a difference. I started sleeping better and was even calmer and not always high in adrenaline. Orgone Effects has over 20 years experience in developing products to neutralize the harmful effects of EMRs. I have six of their products myself now and I could not recommend them highly enough. These products last a lifetime too, so you only have to buy them once. Go check out their website, orgoneffectsaustralia.com.au. That is O-R-G-O-N-E effectsaustralia.com.au. And type in the coupon code RAVEITUP at checkout.
such a such an amazing journey because also I, I did read as well you toured with the bands uh, Leaf and the Rosemarys and became a solo artist back in the 90s I'd love yes. to know because you know you've been around for a long time now decades and decades I'm pretty old find... <laughs> no, that's not, not what I meant I know no but it's experience true. Derek experience I'm pretty experienced <laughs> How did you find the competition in the industry back then compared to today? Did you find it a lot easier? Because it seems like these days, everybody wants to be a singer. Everybody wants to be in a band. That's a really good question with a not uh, easy answer. Back then, it was bands were signed to major record labels. And a lot of it was age, look. You know, they would kind of groom you almost mm. to look like something, sound like something, be like something. Um, we were very kind of British pop, like the Sundays, the Smiths, the Cure, that kind of sound. Um, and if you were my age back then trying to get into music, it was a non-starter. Mm. It was very difficult. So I think back then, like you're young and you don't know anything and everything is super fun and easy. And so you just like, like, oh, let's go play shows. Let's rehearse. We rehearsed every day and tried to play every day. Like, because that's what we love to do. Mm -hmm. So, um, but now if I was to try and start like a pop band or something, like it would, I could actually do it. <laughs> right? I mean, the people, young people are way more open. Um, everything is kind of available to you. People complain about Spotify and the internet and all these things, but it's really like I remember coloring in cassette tape covers and trying to pass them out one at a time. Mm. We don't really have to do that anymore. Yeah, uh, we, definitely has made it easier. World. I mean, I'm talking to you across the world, literally via a computer. Like things are a lot different now. So it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier now. Um, there's a lot more, I guess, 60,000 songs a day uploaded to Spotify. Wow. Is it that many? Yeah. That's, well, that's the statistic I read. Yeah. I should probably verify that, but I think it's really close. Um, so it's hard to wade through and break through that. But I think if you're like honest with your music and you have something to say and you kind of have a lane to focus, mm. um, I think there's a good road for people to. To, to pursue it still and as you mentioned with like this interview we're talking on other side of the world together right now in real time that the great thing is you can promote your music just in the comfort of your own home or your own studio without having to travel around the world on all the you know primetime tv shows and everything yeah nbc is the only thing i've had to travel for that mm. is the only interview i've had to be in person for everything else we're doing um radio shows everything else is is this yeah definitely so made my life easier too right <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah do you work from home or are you in a studio yeah yeah i'm working from home for for now which is great and i'm, I'm loving it like you can just do whatever you want till the time that you need to do your interview <laughs> yeah so it does i mean it's given us the gift of time if you choose it i mean i know a lot of people who are working right now are working 18 hour days from home and I was guilty of that too. I had a studio in my home 
yeah, when I was yeah. working on films, and I would work seven days a week. And, yeah, well, that's yeah. that's what I have studio in my own home, and it's it's lovely instead of going yeah. to travel to a studio, which I love. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and and it's great do these you miss days the too. Connection you know? with people, or do you get enough doing the interviews and things? Sorry, do you miss the connection with people in real life? Or doing the interviews like this? Um, a little bit that. of both. Like, I, I like the flexibility of doing it at home and you can fit, you know, maybe a couple of interviews in a day. Um, but I do miss the whole, there's nothing like that one-on-one -on -one connection in person as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like having an engineer and having other people to talk to. Yeah, exactly. Um, have, have a cameraman yeah. and everything's just a lot smoother and easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now you're your own tech. Your own yep. camera person, your own. Well, that's what I was right at the beginning too. Like twelve years ago, when I started, I started just by myself. It's my own business, and had to do it all by myself. So it's like going back to my roots, really. <laughs> well, twelve years ago it was a lot harder. Yes. Wow. Mm. Well, okay. I've I've got cool. this Zoom thing down pat now, and all the recording devices to make sure there's that there has been one one interview where it decided to like die my main recording thing. So I was like, I need three or four things recording at the same time <laughs> just in wow case. so for all the nerds who listen like myself um <laughs> I, what do you record on like what platforms do you use to record well i record obviously through this microphone into zoom and then i record on camtasia i've got a camera on me and then also recording at the moment on my phone but i also do have a little portable microphone i usually use too but the the battery was flat unfortunately so i was like that's all right we'll use something else cool all right yeah I'm just I, I hope you nerded up just then i hope i made your day <laughs> you did yes and it's great so, these days too, as you mentioned, like back in the day, you had to be signed to a you know record label or something. Now these days, there's so many independent artists as well. They're releasing their own music through things yeah. like Spotify. There's independent music labels. I, I feel like it's making it way easier. But as you said, you kind of got to put your music out there and try to stand out from the others on those yeah. platforms. Yeah, and I think kind of the way to do that is play live, mm. right? Yeah, stop touring people. around, right? Yeah, you kind of have to, which is difficult. That's the difficult thing. Did you do any uh, like busking or anything back in the day, or has it always been on a stage? Oh no, I do whatever. I'll play an open mic. I don't care. I will show up and play like somebody's eight-year-old birthday party. I don't. Yeah, care. that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I'll go to the beach and play like busk. I don't. Yeah, I started that way in San Francisco. 30 years ago. Yeah. Because I've moved there with $100. I didn't know better, which is great when you're young, right? You move there with no money. And so I was like, oh, <laughs> is man. Is that a good thing, is it? I didn't know no, that. No, <laughs> it wasn't good. I was sleeping on a bench <laughs> for better part of uh, three months. But wow. I would busk every day and make a little money and go to the YMCA and shower and apply for jobs and everything mm. worked out. It sure did. As you said, you ended up in film, which I really want to talk about. Unfortunately, though, film did make you put you down your guitar for like 20 years. That's really sad. Yeah. Did it yeah. all come naturally to you when you picked the guitar up again? Or did you have to oh. maybe do a bit of lessons? <laughs> it was a do-over. And I, we have now, we were talking about technology, like the best guitar players in the world are on YouTube. Oh, yes. YouTube like, is like the new university, isn't it? <laughs> It totally is. I was like, oh man, I hope I find some good, like I need to practice. And then 
like the best bluegrass players, the best, like every player that you idolize is going, Hey, here's how I do this on guitar. It's crazy. <laughs> so I had to do the uh, YouTube tutorials. Well, I like I did, it. <laughs> I did like a two year, you like deep dive into YouTube just to learn to finger pick. Cause my music changed a lot as you do in life. Like I started yeah. listening to it's like David brothers, old crow medicine show. And then, you know, all the guys with beards, I kind of started listening to. Um, <laughs> I think go that's with the guys a with beards. now. They call it Americana, but it's just guys with beards. Guys with beards. <laughs> I never yeah. thought about that. <laughs> it really is, right? It but is. Like it is. <laughs> Gregory, Gregory Allen, Isaac Huff, guys like, like all these amazing, amazing artists. Mm. Um, and so my music kind of shifted in what I wanted to. Did you know we filmed this interview? Well, come on over to our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. You can subscribe for free. And here's a little secret. We like to reward our active subscribers with autographed photos and merchandise, no matter where you are in the world. So don't forget to give us a thumbs up while you're there and get busy sharing the videos with your friends. Looking for the most comfortable and fashionable gym clothes around? Introducing Gym XO. They are an eco-friendly brand from the UK. Gymwear made from recycled materials. Pick from some really cute gym sets, tops, bottoms, and there are even options for curvy women. Get 30% off today with free shipping by using our discount code RAVEITUP30 at checkout. Go to gymxo.co.uk today. That is gymexo.co.uk. For those who don't know as well, you you had an incredible Hollywood career as a sound uh, designer and re-recording mixer for film and TV. I know this yeah. might be a bit of a hard question. It's like picking your favorite baby or whatever, but what was your favorite part of the job? Or like um, a favorite project you worked on? So a lot of favorite projects. Um, no Country for Old Men would be high on the list. Yeah. Um, the, you know, I did some X-Men movies, things like that, Wolverine, that were super fun. Wow. Um, but the people, because we're, um, I hope I don't offend anyone, but we're all kind of like failed musicians <laughs> who ended up in sound um, to make a living. Like a lot of Berkeley graduates, Berkeley, Boston, which is a big music school here. And um, so it's just like the people you got to meet with and hang out with. And um, that was the best part of the job, for sure. Yeah, everybody. great friendships and connections. Yeah, and everyone says Hollywood, weird, whatever. But it just, um, in my side of the industry, it's just a lot of, you know, like, tech heads and nerds and like, musicians and um you student kind of well <laughs> yeah so i was part it was perfect for me mm. yeah yeah because yeah. i was one of the first you know to like delve into programming on basic um that's before your time um <laughs> I, so i've always been around computers and things and i came in right at the end of um where they would use these big film machines with um like a literal tape to put the audio on or a two inch tape um, into the digital world. And so it gave me kind of a, um, I was in a really good place because I understood the digital side of it. Um, and that got me working pretty quickly. That's really cool. You got to actually got to experience both. Yeah, I came in at the tail end. I did three movies, I think, you know, 
Um, little long type. And then, um, and then after that, it was pretty much all digital. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, yeah. I also did hear you worked on um, the movie Hidden Figures, and I yeah. love that movie. What, what was your job uh, in that film? What, what, is there the a specific film. scenes that you worked on? or? So I was the supervising sound editor. So I was, I started on the film um, talking a lot with NASA because I wanted to get a lot of the old recordings um, of not only the ship, but in the beeps and the control rooms, um, uh, but also just like the guys talking. Mm. And I wanted to, so they gave me a lot of recordings um, in the control booth and I would kind of write those out and then we would figure out like how to script those for the film. Wow. Um, and then um, this might be a terrible segue, but right, like, so a, a film takes about, uh, like that takes about eight months start to finish in just the audio and picture editing post side of it wow it's a long process um and you go through many versions of it you test it with audiences and things so we were about two months in and i was um diagnosed with head and neck cancer mm, i was gonna so bring that up kind of put the brakes on that movie for a bit um and ted melfi was the director and you know I had to call him and Peter the uh picture editor and say look I was just diagnosed with head and neck cancer I need to go and focus on um all of this and the treatments were I thought I would work through the treatments but it was definitely impossible mm -hmm. treatments so um and we can come back to that but um so I took about three months, four months off, and they let me come back and do the final mix on the movie. Oh, that's nice. So you, yeah. you got to be a part of the end part. Do you ever yeah. watch the movie now and go have bad, I guess, association with it because of that? No, I have a good association with it. Well, you survived, so that's a good association. I survived and I needed, like, I was in bed for three months uh, through the treatments and I needed something to make me feel normal again. Mm. I definitely went back to work too early. Um, it was really hard uh, physically, but um, it made me feel like a normal person a little bit again. Yeah. After, you know, suffering like that. Yeah. Mm. Well, you were, uh, they, they kind of called you too. Uh, I loved this when I was reading your bio, like the go-to mixer. That must feel very, very nice. <laughs> is, is this more like a natural skill for you or is there actually such a process involved to get to the point that you were at where you were the go-to mixer? It's, I wouldn't call me go-to, but um, <laughs> people, some people came to me for sure. Um, I, I was definitely like, I, I fixed a lot of projects that were having a hard time. So I would like, that was um, kind of, why I started my own business because I would get a lot of calls like, hey, can you come in? We're having issues on this movie. Um, it's definitely a thing where you need to be mentored. There's no way to graduate from university and then start on a large level like a Hollywood film or television show and know what you're doing. Mm. Just like from um, dealing with clients like that's a whole thing in and of itself because you've got producers directors studio executives picture editors picture assistants music composers uh music supervisors so you need to learn 
um, just how to navigate all of that. Like you need and a business then, degree just to handle all that. <laughs> it's crazy because it's one of the few jobs where you have, you know, if I'm doing a big Fox movie or a Paramount movie, I might have 20 people behind me, like wow. yelling at notes all the time. And who has a job where you have people sit behind you and just kind of yell towards you mm. as you're working? It's a weird job. Like, oh, so it's not people very... anyway. Usually it's just one boss yeah. yelling at you. <laughs> yeah, you usually just have one, but he's not usually sitting behind you the whole time mm. or her. Um, but it is the case in mixing a film. So you have to learn that, like, okay, what's the important notes? Who's the thing? What's, you know? Um, so you, you kind of learn this to be on the stage with all these like really super highly creative people. Um, and then you need to learn how to organize like a thousand tracks of sound. Uh, so it makes sense. Mm. Uh, so when they go that one beep right there, we've got to get rid of that. If you're waiting through a thousand tracks, you have to know how to navigate to those things quickly. Wow. Um, so just organizational. And then there's the whole creative process that you kind of need to learn as well. Sounds so like still a, a really cool job though. It's a super cool job. It's like music. I describe it when people are like, how, how does that work? And it's like, well, if you have music on, it's a much smaller scale, right? So you might have 15, 16 tracks of drums, four, four tracks, five tracks of guitars, maybe eight tracks of vocals and backup vocals, some keyboards, some bass. Um, and then whatever, you know, banjo, guitar, whatever else you have on your, so you might end up with 80 or a hundred tracks wow. and you have still have to get that into two speakers, right? Your left and right. Mm. Um, I know that's expanding now, but that's, so you have to get a hundred down to two and film is getting a thousand down to two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's just a big, it's a big thing to manage. I hope yeah. everyone now from after this interview goes and watches a movie and has real, real respect for it. It is crazy, right? Because you like people think uh, they don't maybe don't even think about it because they don't understand the process. Like, I don't understand the process of my car. They're just looking just at the drive. acting, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or looking at the acting, whatever. But there's no sound when it comes off the set except for the actor's dialogue. That's mm. it. And then everything else you have to add into the movie. Yeah. So all the like airs and winds and crickets and birds and the stream going by and the jet flying by and the guy like mowing and the people talking in the background in the restaurant uh, to your hand down on the table, like none of that is recorded. So you have to re-record all of that stuff to picture and pictures changing rapidly. So you have thousands of maybe hundreds of thousands of sounds that you have to keep conforming into the new versions of picture. And it's a it's a big like management job as well as a mm. creative. I wonder it takes a long time, right? <laughs> it takes a while to learn, yeah. And so right. I try and mentor. I was mentoring at least two people a year. Wow. Um, Good for and you. Then having them move on. Because it takes a year and a half, year, year and a half of really mentoring someone before um they start it starts clicking and they start understanding all the moving pieces. So mm. I would try and spend, you know, a year or two and then hire. Most of them I hired. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah. Good. Paying it forward. I love it. Are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and young people are like, they blow my mind. Oh, well, they got the passion for they it. They go in and they want to prove it to you. Uh, yeah. And they're just, they're like really smart and thoughtful. Um, there's not a lot of ego. It's really a, like the new generation is amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs>
Thank you. So I, I think from uh, from now on, especially for the audience, if you watch a movie now, sit down and watch all the credits because you know Derek's name is probably in there and all the other people that helped him. So Thanks. yes, got to like show that respect, don't we? Maybe thousands to make a movie. Oh, yeah. it's heaps. You're just like yeah, sitting there going, "Oh my god, there's so many names," but you got to think that like, they all worked on it. <laughs> all worked really hard on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's go back to your diagnosis as well, because I'm sure we can all relate to this part of your life. You got buried in work way too much, where you didn't even think about it, especially in this, you know, hustle bustle world now. We're all kind of doing that. So to give an idea to our audience, you were working, what, seven days a week, sometimes 12 to 15 hour days in a highly stressful environment, as we just all heard about. Yeah, very stressful environment. That's the key, right? With, with so days I, I like that, were you looking after your health at all? I hope so. No. <laughs> uh, they, on the worst days, they would just put us up in hotels because we only had five-hour turnaround between shifts. Like oh, we my would goodness. Till two in the morning, and then we'd have to be back by eight. So by the time you get to your hotel and get to sleep, you have five hours of sleep. So they would put us up in hotels. That's just so we wouldn't have to drive the 20 minutes to home or 25 minutes because we were so tired. Mm. Um, you know, after day after day, and that happened to piano on a few movies. I hoping it's getting better now, because uh, people like through all the lockdowns and things maybe have a little more balance. But I don't know, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was I was like working too much. I would take one or two projects on. They would always kind of overlap, um, and it would get hectic. And I definitely, um, I had a lump growing out of my neck for probably six months before I even addressed it. Really? Wow. Yeah. Why didn't you go check it out earlier? <laughs> it was time, right? Um, I was on a film and um, a picture editor said to me, hey, if you die, it's it's on me. Because I was like, <laughs> I should get this checked out. And he was kidding. Yeah, it was a weird thing to say. <laughs> it's a weird, I know, because who would think it's cancer? You're thinking it's just like a... So he didn't say it in a mean way at all, but it was just like, that's how busy we get and how you know focused we get on our work. Mm. Um, and he's actually one of my favorite people to work with to this day. He's an amazing guy. Um, he was he actually showed up at my house every day to walk my dogs. Oh, while I was going beautiful. through treatment. I know. So that story sounds way worse than it. He was like, it, it, it's just being like, supportive. <laughs> it's more of a reflection of like, that's how busy we are. Like, yeah. oh, if you can't get a check down now. We're too busy. You have to wait till, you know, it's just, that's how, that's how the industry is a little bit. Mm. Um, you were told you might lose your voice or even die. Like, that's not something you want to hear. And the chemo no. you're going to receive destroys your hearing too. So for someone whose job is hearing, loves music and singing, and obviously talking too, because I've been loving your stories today. Can you yeah. share with us how scary that was and especially like getting through that mentally and then obviously the treatments because I heard that that was just so obviously painful. You couldn't even swallow a drop of water at some stage. Yeah, it's um, I don't know if a lot of people and that's kind of why I like doing music and in interviews is to talk about this. Yeah, definitely raise because awareness it, of the fact people need to get yeah. checked out early. It's become an epidemic. And so the same HPV 16, which I think 90% of people have, um, gives women um, cervical cancer and gives men head and neck cancer. 
And women can also get head and neck cancer, but it's very rare to be caused from HPV 16. It usually is cervical. Um, so yeah, the, uh, the doctor brought me in the, uh, I had a chemo lead oncologist rather than a surgeon, which I was very lucky because a lot of people end up with a surgeon and they start cutting you open right away. And it's, um, for this cancer, it's not recommended or needed, but it's still kind of the practice. Um, so my chemo oncologist said, look, the chemo is going to be can affect your hearing. So there's a good chance of um, partial total deafness. We're not sure. And I said, I do sound for a living. And um, his name is Dr. Glassman. He's at UCLA. And he um, is one of the head researchers in the U.S. for um, actually breast cancer, but for chemotherapy treatments in spe uh, specifically. Um, and he said, let me give me a week, let me run some numbers and do some research and see what we can come up with for the chemo treatments. Um, and then he also said to me, he goes, the radiation is going to be, just take 100 ball bearings, heat them up to 1,000 degrees and gargle those for the next three months because that, that's going to be your next three months. There's a good chance that you'll survive. Um, I think it was like, 80% chance of survival with this. Treatment. Oh, that's high. That's good. 20 out of 100 die. So that's bad. But 80 out of 100 live. So that's good. And so I said, well, if you told me it was the easiest treatment in the world, but I was going to, it was the other way, like 20% live and 80% die. I said, I'd probably choose the harder treatment. I didn't know at the time how hard it was actually. So, mm. uh, um, so we, you know, discuss the treatments and how we would go forward. Um, and the radiation gives you third degree burns inside and outside of your neck oh. and, and tongue. Um, yeah, just like getting a massive sunburn every day. Oh my goodness. The treatments are every day uh, for, you know, two months. Um, in the chemo, uh, it did come up with Whatever he did, I, I lost no hearing. So we went with, um, I think, a lighter amount more often is how we did it. So I would go in um, for six hours um, and get my infusions um, after, and but just once a week or I think once every, yeah, it was once a week we would do the infusions. Wow, uh, the and it was still that bad. Saved my hearing. Yeah. Well, no, I'm good. I'm glad you can hear me oh, today and you can do music. That's right. Now I did come out of it after the radiation treatments. I lost my voice um, probably five weeks into it where I could kind of whisper. Um, and then six weeks, I couldn't even speak. And even to eat or drink, like you said, water, I would have to take, and this sounds crazy, but you, they would give me liquid morphine that I would swish in my mouth to kind of deaden the pain a little bit so I could drink um, insurers and I'd have to water down insurer because it's so thick, it wouldn't pass through my throat. Um, and if you lose too much weight, they want to give you a feeding tube, which means you'll lose your swallow muscles, which means you'll have a feeding tube for the rest of your life. There's a, you know, a high percentage chance 
that you might lose that you might be on a feeding tube your whole life and so we i would like just force myself to drink three insurers every day we did i did the math on the calories and then i was like okay i'll end up losing 44 pounds through the treatment um and about week six and a half into the treatment i was getting to the point where um they were going to start talking to me about a feeding tube so i i would wear shorts and flip-flops to each session until then and then i started wearing jeans the heavy belt buckle and boots and then the next week i started packing my boots with rocks and so i started waiting myself down because i'm like they are not giving me a feeding tube i'm not going on that road um and i've somehow got through it i was like three pounds uh, lighter than I was supposed to be by the end of it. Wow. Um, but I, uh, they, we didn't do a feeding tube. Was there some days you were just like, this is just not worth it? I just want to die, just from, take me? From, yeah, every day from week four on. Oh my like, goodness. Side effects are insane. I won't even describe them because it's horrifying. Uh, but just, I mean, from things like growing an extra tooth out of my my gum, sideways like from the radiation to like just things i won't even describe um so that i work with a lot of head and neck cancer um patients now kind of guiding them through all the crazy stuff that can and does happen through the treatments well yeah. i really thank you for actually being so open to talk about this stuff and how and what you went through because it is probably obviously not a really great time of your life, but we're so yeah. glad that you survived and are able to tell the story. Yeah, it's it was horrible, horrible treatments, painful. But the crazy part that you find out going through cancer, and this is the life changing part, I think, is that your friends show up to drive you. And then your friends just show up to sit there, even if you're not talking, you're just sleeping. Like family shows up, you know, mm. it was amazing. I had a friend come out from Colorado who just like came and just hung out every day. So That's people beautiful. like stop their lives to come and help me. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. nothing in their lives was as important as you at that stage. Which is amazing, right? Like, because you never think, we're so self-sufficient like in our lives it's like oh i don't need help i can do it on my own mm. until you find out you can't and then um yeah it was a pretty amazing thing having all all the help yeah and you find out who you really your true friends and family are you do mm. yeah. yeah well in a previous interview too i love what you said about what your doctor told you you can either go into a total depression or be grateful and you chose grateful so do these words kind of go through your head still to this day i'm sure any other challenge in life now just seems like a breeze and like every time i start getting upset with things i like reflect back on it i'm like wait a minute like this this isn't really a problem yeah, it's tiny um, it's tiny but um i do wake up every day and hope and try to do something cool like this i'm like I just want to do something that makes me appreciate life every day because I definitely haven't like when you're young, you're like, oh, yeah, I got my whole life in front of me and you don't think about time and think about your place in the world. 
And then when you go through something like that, you're like, man, if I'm on this side of the dirt tomorrow, I got to do something cool again. Because every, like, who knows, right? Mm. We're here for this minute and that's kind of it. So um, it's good to stay present in those moments and try and do something um, something good for the world, for yourself, or yeah, yeah. Well, you can yeah. come on the show anytime to oh, talk about you. it. So. Good because I I love coming on and talking. Yes, if it makes you feel good, come on anytime, Derek. <laughs> I mean, it's almost as good as the playing, right? The music. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey guys, it's RJ May from Breaking Bad. It's Adam Stavani from Step Up. Bryce Johnson from Pretty Little Liars. It's Rob Mills. Todd McKenney with Lauren Yates on Rave It Up. These celebrities are sharing a message of hope and inspiring the younger generation in our new book, Knowing What I Know Now. This is filled with 70 quotes from your favourite celebrities on what they would tell their 14-year-old selves. A book filled with amazing advice to help you chase your dreams or help you deal with bully or depression. It is available worldwide as a paperback, ebook, and audiobook version. Go to raveituptv.com to buy your copy now. This show is brought to you by Vegas Nights, specializing in all of your party needs. They have photo booths, poker tables, and decorations for heaps of different party themes. Visit their website now at vegasnights.com.au or give them a call on 1-300-135-394. Vegas Nights, you can't lose. Well, congratulations on being, was it five years cancer-free five now? Years. Yeah. Yeah. And you knew music <laughs> could no longer... the gates. You yeah. passed the gates. Yes, exactly. Um, but you knew music couldn't take a backseat of your life anymore. So we're really, really glad you, you decided it's an important part of your life and you needed to, you know, start doing it. <laughs> I loved your quote, things take a left turn, you decide what's important again. Beautiful. So hundreds of hours of vocal therapy. Can you please tell us about that? Was that really painful, The first, especially the first session, when you couldn't even talk? Yes, it was it, it was crazy because um, I would it was maybe a six months or a year out where I could kind of start talking again, but I would and you know I was trying not to work so much and I started playing guitar again, so I'd sit down and try and sing a song and I would just start choking, and um, I thought, you know what? Now I'll try and get a vocal coach, and then. At that point, COVID started entering the picture. So I was unsure how to do a vocal coach. So I started Googling it. And as it turns out, there's online vocal lessons. I know, there's everything online now. Everything online. And this, it was super cool. I found a great teacher who um, went through, um, like, kind of, he was a professional singer and got nodes and had to quit singing and then found a coach to, kind of guide him back without surgery wow. and so he's really good at teaching and kind of restoring the vocal cords um it's a like a very medicinal kind of practice the way he does it um and he like i just found him on something called voicelessons.com mm. um, his name's alan um and if anyone wants his information or any other information uh, my website can I mention my website? Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask at the end. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tell us it's now. <laughs> Derek V Music, which is D-E-R-E-K-V for Vanderhorst, uh, music.com. And you can email me there. 
And I get a lot of people uh, emailing me about cancer or music or whatever there. So it's a it's a cool way to connect with people. Absolutely. Uh, and, and if I we try can get respond more, more every, jobs for him too. <laughs> yeah, I, I go there every day and just try and respond to every email. And like, oh, that's beautiful. Respond to him. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody knows that it is from you. Love yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Everyone is from me. And um, uh, yeah, so he worked with me and we started and I had written, started writing songs and I was like, I, I'm, I've got this guy who's going to sing on the album. I've written all these songs. So as soon as we can get, um, you know, back together again in person, I want to record these songs. And Alan goes, no, you're going to sing on the songs. And I was like, no, I'm not. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you are. And we went from literally like one line choking to a year and a half later, I started recording the album and I was able to get through all 11 songs, three takes each um, in one day. Wow. That's Without, a huge accomplishment. It was huge. it was huge. I didn't even know I could do that. I, th um, I thought so it was uh, 13 songs. It was 11, was it? Is it, is it 13? Oh, I, mean, I, I have 13 it. written down here. <laughs> I have so many songs. I went through a phase where I wrote a song a day. Wow. Uh, for, um, I think it was six months. I don't know how you didn't get writer's block. I don't, that most of them were terrible, <laughs> but it was, it's the exercise of doing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like, if you write a terrible song, it's okay, but you can't be judgy about it. And then maybe the next one's better. And then the next 10 are terrible and the next one's good. Like, so I wasn't, I didn't try and write a bunch of good songs. I just mm. went, set out to write. Um, and are you still taking those vocal lessons now to this day or? Four, day, four days a week. Wow. We four days a week. Lot, we have a lot of work to do still. Because mm. my, um, like my falsetto, because of the damage to the vocal cords and everything, um, we're starting to get more falsetto and kind of bring the high register back to the, you know, because they all have to work together. Mm. Um, like if you listen to Steve Perry from Journey, that guy is hitting like E notes above, like, you know, two above middle C in full voice. And how is he doing that? And it's, he's able to bring his falsetto and his chest voice together to hit those notes. Yeah. Um, so it's just training the kind of three muscles to all work together again. Mm. Wow. So we saw, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be more time. Yeah, your singing voice is going to be even more amazing. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be amazing because it does sound a little Tom Waits roughed up now, but um, we're working on it. Yeah. I, I actually like that fact, you know? Yeah, I do too, actually. It gives like it gives it a little character, I think, right? Well, that was something I really liked about it and I was going to bring it up. Um, your, new, your song, Baby. I, I loved that because it was a bit of a softer tune and it actually really suited your voice well. So release some more like that. Oh, good. I have a lot more like that. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it, it was a great song to, for like to do a waltz to or something. And as a dancer yeah. myself, I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> three, four. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's like everyone has a different favorite who talks about it, but that one comes up the most. Yeah. And that one almost didn't make the album. That well, was we're glad it did. Very, I had recorded like four other songs, and then I was like, oh, they're not really working. So I went back 
uh, another day and recorded baby. Yeah. Well, I liked baby. I liked uh, shake, shake, shake. And that was the very first song I wrote. <laughs> shake, shake, shake. I wrote walking the dog with my girlfriend at the time. Now my fiance. Uh, oh, congratulations. Dave. Thank you. We were walking and then I just started singing that. And that's what got me playing guitar again. Oh, good. Like, Brought the like passion back. Writing. Yeah, I was like, because I was doing a little bit, but then we were walking and I like had that idea. I couldn't sing it because um, my throat was still so messed up. Um, but like I, I sang it really low and, you know, just kind of. And then I was like, oh, I should go write that song. And that was the first song that I wrote start to finish. And, and Can't Fall in Love With You, I loved as well, because it has that, you know, incredible uh, and really cool rhymes. Has songwriting always come naturally to you like that? Yeah, no. I, it used to be so forced. <laughs> um, that Can I tell what that song's about? Because yeah. it's opposite of your friends and family being there for you. I was married at the time and she, like I think she was having a hard time with you know seeing somebody like that is definitely difficult uh, but she couldn't be there for me in the way I needed her to be mm. uh, and that is what that song is about oh sorry that yeah. happened for you but it turned out all right oh, now yeah. you got another beautiful beautiful lady <laughs> yeah, I do for sure yeah, yeah. Oh, um when's the wedding so do you have a date already set or no, we have a an idea of going to Italy, um, March or April. Oh, it's going to come up soon. So it is. It good is. luck. <laughs> so we're going to um, Portugal in September, and then um, we're going to look at that. But I, and maybe um, do a Portugal wedding next year. But I think we're going to do Italy because it's both our favorite countries. Although I haven't it's been beautiful. to Australia or New Zealand. Come over. <laughs> I really like that is so high on my list. Oh, we got some beautiful places to get married here too. So we do and to play. And I've been invited to play a couple of times out there. I haven't been able to make it, but I would love to set up some shows out there and um, make it like a, a, a twofer. Well, if you want to, if you ever do come over, you let me know. All right. We'll do, we'll do a chat in person. I would love that. Yeah. Sure. We'll put it on the to-do list. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will make it over there. That's not uh, if it's. Yeah, exactly. It's not on the bucket list. It's on the to do list because you've got to do it. <laughs> and then I'm friends with, um, do you know Phil Kogan? Did you ever that watch sounds the. sounds really movie? familiar. There's a show called The Amazing Race. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I haven't and, actually watched. <laughs> probably all my fans are going to hate this. I haven't actually watched The Amazing Race, but I watch it here and there. You know when it pops up on TV? <laughs> mute this. Um, I haven't either. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't tell phil <laughs> i don't have television i know that's weird but wow that's good movies. focus on the music <laughs> i look at movies all day long and like i couldn't just come home and watch movies or watch tv oh and i'm so, sure you couldn't watch it the way we all normal people watch it <laughs> i definitely can like i love like just give me some stupid comedy and i'm yeah. all in but um it was just you know after long hours you that's the last thing you want to do is like, cause your eyes and ears are so tired. Mm. Um, like, I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, or take a walk or do a, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Phil's from New Zealand and we are both avid bikers. He's a lot better shape than I am. Um, but we mountain bike together and stuff. And he's, he's been trying to get me out to New Zealand. 
because he has a big farm out there. His dad has a big farm out there. Well, um, definitely do that. Well, you only live once, that. as you definitely know now. <laughs> yes. So yeah. New Zealand, Australia, um, I think I can get those in the same trip if I do it for like a six week, six oh, weeks. We're very close. So a lot of people classify New Zealand as Australia, which is not correct. <laughs> They're well, their own thing. <laughs> I work with a lot of people from New Zealand, believe it or not. Oh, There's wow. Few, like sound editors. Yeah. Um, I can think of six right now that I've worked with a yeah. lot from New Zealand. Yeah. And Australia has a big post-production and film kind of emerging we sure um, do. It's getting bigger yeah. and better now. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne has some of the best stages in the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, I realized as well, I didn't mention to the audience, your album is called Wildflower. So everyone can go check it out, debut album. And I obviously mentioned Baby, Shake, 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 and Can't Fall in Love With You. What is your favorite? Is there a favorite that you prefer, like performing, and then another one you prefer just recording? <laughs> um, can't Fall in Love? is i've changed a bit for the performance and it's definitely um one of my favorites to perform oh even though it's like so personal yeah but we it's because i get to tell stories before and i get to talk about the head and neck cancer and my shows end up becoming 40 percent story time and 60 percent music i think that's Um, what everyone loves isn't it because then they can connect with you more i do like yeah like I really enjoy telling the stories and talking about stuff and yeah, it's, it's good. Um, so that's one of my favorites. Um, every song that I write and I try and do at least a couple songs a week, start to finish are my favorite songs to play mm. uh, at the time, just cause they're new. Well, I wasn't going to ask what else can we expect from you in the future? I'm guessing another album in the future and some new, new singles probably. Yes. I think I'm, I don't know how the new world works. So if any young people are listening and need to help me with my social media. Uh, <laughs> you might get a lot of people requesting now please, to help you. Please do. Um, if you go and look at my social media, you'll be like, yeah, this guy needs some serious help. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of um, songs. I think I'm going to release singles mm. one at a time. A lot of people yeah. are doing that these days. Yeah, and I have a sync deal for film and television. So uh, my sync agent wants me to just start kind of releasing songs so she can, you know, uh, have more to choose from or to sell to, to film and television, things like that. And um, honestly, like I ordered my album, my vinyl last December, and I still haven't received it. Oh. So at this point, I'm like, eh, just do singles. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new new time. I wanted one album for nost- nostalgic reasons. Oh, yeah. And a lot of people are doing vinyls now. It's like the new thing. People would rather buy vinyls than the actual CD. I get it. I have hundreds of CDs and I literally give them out when people buy one of my hats. I'm like, here, take a CD, please. <laughs> take it up. Too much room in my house. Take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought maybe you need, still needed CDs. You don't. Nobody mm. wants one. Nobody, who has a CD player? Not many people anymore. Even uh, laptops and stuff don't have most of the CD players in in it anymore. So it's just all Spotify and streaming or YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, or vinyl because people like And so I did cool like liner notes and things. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was super cool making the vinyl. 
I can't Are we making wait any to... video clips on YouTube soon too for some of the yeah. songs? Whoever the young people are who are going to contact me, let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about YouTube <laughs> and some music videos. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, if you ever I, do any tours, okay, especially internationally to Australia, New Zealand, let us know. I will for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. I definitely plan on it. I'll help you promote it. <laughs> Tired. Yes, you thank you. Yes, see, this worked out great for me. <laughs> Absolutely. Great connections over here for you. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's uh it's high on my list, right? Like fantastic. If well, I could go anywhere right now to tour, it would be. Um, I have a friend, I don't know if you know Steve Poltz. No. Uh, he's a folk singer. Um, but he was in a band in the eighties called the Rugburns, and then met this young lady named jewel in san diego and then wrote her first album with her oh cute and yes so they wrote the you know i'm sure you've heard jewel's first album everyone has um they his favorite place to play is australia oh yeah, i'm glad you just weren't saying it. it then just because you were talking to me <laughs> yeah, no 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 he was he's like he loves going to australia i think the visa thing gets in the way a bit because mm. he wants to go more, but he's trying to figure out how to stay longer and things like that. Yeah, but he's yeah. a touring machine. That guy probably plays 250 nights a year, 300 nights a year. Wow. Yeah. Well, you yeah. have to look after your health now, Derek, okay? So yeah. don't be doing that much. <laughs> yes. I talked to a, a booking agent, and they're like, we need 270 nights a year. I go, I'm not 20. Yeah. Like, can we, can I could keep like, up with that. No. So we didn't sign together. <laughs> no. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you still want to yeah. make sure you're home and spending time right. with your fiance and yes. 50, a hundred nights. Yes. But 200, I mean, I can't do. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I mean, like much. my late twenties and I wouldn't even be able to do that. I'm exhausted yeah, just thinking life. about it. <laughs> it is a hard life for sure. Yeah. You know, she has a, she has a job, a pretty high profile job, so she can't just take off mm. um, and go on tour with me whenever, but yeah, so I'm, I'm more of the, um, right now I play maybe once a week, once yeah. every two weeks. Um, but I definitely am looking to up that and do more touring. Hey, you're just grateful for any gig, right? And being able to perform live. Always. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, like even if I have a couple of weeks without a show, I'm like, I go down to the open mics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still sure. need to perform. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh man, I'm getting rusty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, we are unfortunately getting to the end of the interview now, Derek, but as a closing statement and was probably the most important question, knowing what you know now, what would you tell your 14 year old self? I would tell my 14 year old self that, um, life is not about work. Hmm. I've always been super driven, um, and always wanted like my whole philosophy and I brought it to guitar too, so I shouldn't say that, but it's um, way overdue things so I can get better at them quicker. Like mm -hmm. if something's supposed to take you three years, I want to be able to do like do it 20 hours a day and do it in three months. And it's a really unhealthy approach to life. Balance, I would think I would tell myself, be more balanced. And yeah. also like your crazy dreams are really, really important. You have to, you have to go for them. Absolutely. Right? 
That's good yeah, advice for all of our listeners today, actually, not just the young people, everybody. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I like laying in bed for months. That's what I realized. I was like, my dream, like, because people are like, oh, is working in Hollywood your dream job? And I'm like, no, I have like stress nightmares about it. Like, you can't say job and dream to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's not a dream to go to work for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. My dream is to do something like this, talking to you, talking to people, playing music, um, you know, doing yeah. something bigger than myself in life. Yeah, you shouldn't yeah. be calling a dream a job. I don't say, get that. You know, if you statement. love what you do, you don't have to work a day in your life, right? So it shouldn't be a job. Yeah, yeah. All so, work, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm um, doing much less of that and a lot more of music now. Yeah. yeah, and talking to people. I love it. <laughs> yes. Now, is there anywhere else that we should go follow you as well? You mentioned your website before, um, but you also said you're terrible at social media. So do you want people to go to social media? <laughs> sure. Um, the Real Derek V Music um, on Instagram. Oh, perfect. So I couldn't get Derek V Music. There's like one guy many years ago who posted one thing, and I tried to contact him to see if I could get it, but I couldn't. No. Get Derek B music. So now I'm the real Derek B music because I saw somebody do that. The real. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will so, even go follow you today as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And everyone yeah. else, come follow me. Um, and I don't spam or do any like um because I'm not good with social media. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about you, that. You like never checks it, guys. <laughs> you, you won't see too much from me. He checks just his emails it. though. That's a good thing. I do when I'm working on new songs, I do like to play a verse or chorus. Oh, so cool. Y'all get to hear him first. I will go check it out. <laughs> All right. But thank you so much for coming on our show today, Derek. I really appreciate your time. I know we've gone over the 45 minutes, but I didn't want to stop you. You're giving us gold. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yes, we did go over. That happens. Time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. And hope to see you on your side of the planet very soon yes and i'll let you know when i'm over there again eventually sure. haven't been there since like 2004 2005 so it's been a long time well, it's time I'll, to come yes i'll be back i'll be back and you're well, welcome on the show anytime as well so you don't even have to be here in australia but the great thing about zoom you can do it anytime i appreciate that i'll come on your show and play live oh that would be nice next time next we'll time indeed <laughs> thanks Derek. in person all right take care Thank you for listening. If you want to be the first to get every new episode, remember to subscribe to this podcast for free. Just search for Rave It Up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and share it with your friends and tell us what you love the most and even let us know what you want to hear on this podcast. You can even check out the videos of our interviews on our YouTube channel, Rave It Up TV. And for more, visit our website, raveituptv.com. Now, before I leave you today, I just want you to remember that you are loved and you are beautiful. Bye.